Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. A quick one for this Monday. I talked to Annika Goodbranson on Team Manitoba's basketball team at the Western Canada Summer Games. How has her hearing aid affected her ability to play basketball and how's Team Toba doing? Plus, a look back at a crazy week nine in the CFL and a weird weather delay. That's on the podcast. Team Manitoba rolling right along at the Western Canada Summer Games. Third in the medal standings right behind Saskatchewan. My focus tonight on the girls' basketball team and Annika Goodbranson, who was born profoundly deaf and received a hearing aid at the age of 22 months. We'll get to that part of the story in a bit with Annika, who joins me now. First of all, Annika, your team had two games today. How did they go? Okay, so our first game was against Northwest Territories. We won, and then that got us to a game with Alberta, which was still a round-robin game, but it was kind of like a semifinal to see if we could get to the gold medal game or not. We unfortunately just lost it, which, you know, it's okay because we still have a chance to get a bronze medal. And I think in the end, to bring something home, that's really still a really big thing to accomplish at Canada Westerns. How is it a semifinal but still round-robin? Because it came down to, like, your wins and your losses. So we were both kind of, like, fighting for that last win to advance us to the gold game. Okay, so it's not really an extended playoffs. It's kind of just one game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. So how has your Western Canada Games experience been so far? You know, it was really good because we had some wins and we had some losses, and it showed me, like, my athletic ability against other girls from other provinces, and it teaches me, like, what I need to work on and how I need to compete against them further on in my future, hopefully. Of the players you've been playing with on Team Manitoba, had you played with them before? No, I haven't because, well, I played with two of them on my team because we played on the same club team, but everyone else, like, I've seen them around at other games and stuff, but I haven't played against all of them. So it was a really neat experience to come together for like two months, create this really strong bond with these girls, and then go to like a really big event. So I haven't played with them before, and it was just a really neat experience to learn how to play with new people in such a short amount of time. So what was the preparation like to head to Swift Current? You know, we had, like, practices four times a week for two hours a day, 10 to 12. And then for the last couple of weeks, we just went really hard. And we, like, always have these, like, team discussions about how we're going to do at Westerns and what we need to do, what were the things we needed to do. And, you know, I think in the last week, we just practiced really, really hard. And I think that's what helped us get to this bronze game. Now, you received a a hearing aid when you were an infant. Does it affect you on the court at all? Yes, I think it does because it is very hard in a lot of environments for people to communicate with me and for me to communicate with them, right? So I try to read people's lips, but it's not like they can read mine. So they have to, like, yell so much louder to get my attention, say, if I'm coming off for subs or what kind of play we're running. So I think... It does affect my playing, but I try not let it get to me. So for your hearing aid then, is it really sensitive to all the loud noises that go on in a basketball gym? No, it's not. Although sometimes if the environment gets too loud, it will cut out just to like reset to a better program for me. So I'm not as like bothered by it. Right. And it honestly really doesn't bother me because I'm just so used to it. Do people notice that you have a hearing aid? You know, sometimes I'm not sure. Like, 
it can be visible at times, but then I also wear a headband, so it covers it. But, like, I've been told by refs to take it off, and I'm like, oh, no, sorry, I can't. It's my hearing aid. So I do think it's, like, a visible, like, hearing aid, and people see it, but I don't really let other people's judgment bother me. So the fact that you're playing with new players, then, uh, you just told me that it, it can be somewhat harder to communicate on the court. Has it? Has there been kind of a learning process playing with new teammates? Yeah, there has been. Like, all the girls on my team who I've never played with before have really adapted to how they need to communicate with me, and I really appreciate how they, like, take that extra moment to, like, say, Annika, Annika, we're doing this play, or they, like, say, they come to me and say, okay, you're off, like, go, you're, like, I'm subbing for you, who do you have? And I just think that they are really, like, a really great group of girls because they go that extra step for me in communication. How would you describe yourself as a basketball player? What's your style of play? Hmm. I like to think myself think of myself as like a fast, agile player. I do play other sports, so I think that really helps me benefit in the sport of basketball because, you know, like jumping in volleyball helps me jump in basketball or running in cross country helps me run the court. So I I think I'm a like a well-rounded basketball player. <laughs> right. How does water polo help you at basketball? Um, aiming, I think. And also just like swimming is really great for cardio, right? So then cardio always helps in basketball. Okay. So this must be a pretty cool way to spend your summer heading into the school year next year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What grade are you going into? I'm going into grade 11. Okay. And uh, where do you go to high school? I go to Lord Selkirk Comprehensive Secondary School. Okay. So all the different sports you play there, you mentioned volleyball, basketball, water polo track. Why is playing sports yeah. important to you? I don't know. Like, people ask me that all the time, and I just I just do sports because it makes me feel good about myself, and I feel like because I'm athletic, I have the ability to be successful in them. Like, I don't need to be the top player in water polo or the top player in volleyball, but just the fact that I can make a team for school or make a team for club, it really shows me that I can enjoy sports because I have the chance to compete and make new friends. Right. Now, you've also been selected to play on the volleyball team for Team Canada at the upcoming Def Pan Am Games in Brazil this fall. What was it like being tapped on the shoulder to go? It was really cool because I am the youngest player on the team currently. And it's definitely a different experience because I'm playing with people who are like in their 20s and their 30s. So it's like there's different levels of maturity. And it's really nice to see like where you fit on a team. And you have to go to Brazil too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a really great traveling experience too. <laughs> Absolutely. So after the bronze medal game tomorrow, do you guys come home? Yeah, we do. I think we get home around like 1 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. Have you learned anything about Swift Current while you're there, or have you been just too busy playing basketball? No, I've just been playing basketball. You know, it's just kind of like eat, sleep, and play, and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> do you get to take some time off when you get back then? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I've been practicing like for the past two months, so I think it'll be really nice to have some downtime and just like take some time for myself before school season, volleyball and basketball and water polo and track and all that stuff starts up again. <laughs> Pretty busy. Yeah, for sure. Well, Annika, thanks for taking time to talk to me tonight and uh, best of luck in the bronze medal game tomorrow morning. All right. Thank you.
every Monday, I got to do this. A look back at the week that was in the CFL. For the second straight week, we had four close games in the Canadian Football League. It's been a pretty interesting summer, to be sure. So let's get to all the action in the Week 9 CFL Recap. Starting in Winnipeg, the much-anticipated first of three meetings between the Bombers and Stamps this season. Excitement early. Janarian Grant, yes, that Janarian Grant, returns a punt 75 yards for a TD. Bombers up 10, but Nick Arbuckle leads a pair of touchdown drives, and Bomber fans are getting antsy. But have no fear. Mr. Grant declares, returning another punt for a score. What? And then late in the first half, could he do it again? Nope. Fumble. But Arbuckle walks the plank. End zone pick. Defensive struggle. Second half. Justin Medlock crushes a 55-yard field goal, but then in the final minutes, Calgary scores to pull within two. They get the ball back. Not again. We've seen this movie before. Bombers are going to blow it just like Toronto. Nope, they didn't. Picked. Winston Rose seals it. Kiss from a rose. Bombers are 6-2. and two. Friday night doubleheader starting in Montreal where points were scored in less than common fashion. Alouette's getting on the board with a punt return TD, though. A missed convert. Then the Rough Riders answered. Antonio Pipkin back to pass. Wallop. Fumble. Scoop. Score. Saskatchewan in the lead. And then tied because of a missed field goal. Two field goals later. A different Montreal quarterback. Another huge hit. Strip sack. Scoop. Score. 17-10. Riders in the third. Neither team can do anything when lightning strikes. Literally. The team's pulled off the field. And thanks to a new rule, one hour after the delay begins, if the game is more than midway through the third, it's over. The Riders... They win a 42-minute football game. Montreal, they're not happy. So off to Edmonton for another defensive stalemate between the Eskimos and Red Blacks home team on the board first. Ottawa settles for a 10-yard field goal. A gut punch. 10 yards. Then a 67-yard touchdown. The Red Blacks are in front. Each team adds a field goal in the second. So Ottawa up by two, heading into the third. And then also heading into the fourth, because nothing happened in the third. Early fourth, C.J. Gable breaks through. Two-point convert, no good. So Ottawa has eight minutes to try and score four points. Can they do it? No. Edmonton improves to five and three. Now to Hamilton with Dane Evans as the starter. Will this finally be the week BC wins a game? Well, turned out to be the game of the week. Teams trading long TDs in the first quarter. Neither could get a two-point convert. BC takes the lead in the second. But the year of the return continues. Frankie Williams to the house on a kickoff return. BC responds with another touchdown. A game with points. Mike Riley plunges for a score in the third. Extra point miss. I wonder if that'll come back to haunt the Lions. Didn't look like it. Another Lions score. They got this right up 12. With just over three minutes left. Tabby score. They missed the extra point. Lions up six. They got to get some first downs. They can't. But they can't give up a huge punt return. Oh, of course they did. Evans to Banks. TD convert good. Tabby's win by one. The Lions are one in seven. They're done. Tune into the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?